Thanks, Ken. Well, good morning. So you can see this picture up on the screen, and this is of one of my favorite people in the world. Um, his name is Reverend Walter Albritton, and um, I always like to call him the Johnny Cash of preachers. He um, wears all black all the time, most of the time, and is just about as cool as they come. And um, he um, taught me so much when I was um, working in Montgomery, and I just started, finished seminary, and was coming into um, ministry and getting started in that area. Um, our church hired him to come and serve as a pastor, and um, he led um, in a lot of different ways in our church and just did an incredible job. And his office ended up next door to my office. And now here I was, probably in my early, mid-20s, and um, I'm next to this guy who's in his 80s, and I was blown away how day after day, week after week, um, I would continually feel like a lazy bum next to him. Um, he never stopped moving, was always doing stuff that was just full of purpose and significance. He was always pouring into people. There was rarely an idle minute in his life. When he was um, in his early 80s, he came and knocked on my office door one time and said, hey, I'm going to Zambia in two weeks. You want to go with me? <laughs> and um, I just had always prayed that I would have that kind of zeal and that kind of energy and purpose and passion. And um, we were having a church um, staff retreat one day. And um, when I thought he couldn't get any cooler, he said, why don't we have it at my house? And so Walter Albritton invites us to the staff retreat at his house, and he sends an email, and his address is whatever number, Albritton Lane, Wetumpka, Alabama. And I was like, how cool do you got to be to get your street named after you, right? Um, he's just wonderful in every way. And so we get there, and we walk into the house. And I'm this guy that's just full of action. This guy is full of movement. This guy that is full of so much stuff and just always on the go, on the go, on the go. We walk into his house and he's kind of showing us around and he walks us back and he says, oh, this is my office. And I peek back into this office and I see this room, no screens at all in it. And it is just full of books. And there's these two altars in there and I could see so clearly where the kneelers on these altars had just been worn through. Um, almost down to like the wood was a different color because he had spent so much time in that place. He was a writer in a lot of ways and next to these, these chairs that he had, there were literally just stacks and stacks of journals of written prayers. And it occurred to me pretty quickly that, that his life wasn't just full of go, 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 but his life was this life of go, 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 spend time with God and be filled with that and go, 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 and spend time with God, and be filled with the things of God, and go, go, go. And I said to him, I said, Walter, I said, do you pray in here a lot? And his response to me is something that stuck with me for a really long time, and it's kind of one of those offhanded comments that I doubt he would even remember of saying, and in his deep southern drawl, he said, Brad, I said, I pray everywhere a lot. <laughs> and that just stuck with me. And that's really my heart for these next 40 days as we enter into this season of Lent, that we would just as a church pray everywhere a lot. And that that would become kind of the mark of our lives. That we would be known as people who pray everywhere a lot. And that everything we do is in this sense of dependence upon God and the sense of this calling. So that everywhere we go, there's this sense that we spend time with God and we are filled up. And we go forth on purpose and on mission. And we come back to those places of prayer and we fill ourselves up and we go forth on purpose and mission. And we live in this cycle of grace and as we walk through life, that we are just one with the Father, and that everywhere we go, we are coming out of time with God, we are praying breath prayers with God, and we are moving back into a time of prayer with God. And that every step, every thought, every word is not our own, but comes out of this place of deep communion with God the Father. 
And so I know when we talk about 40 days of prayer, for some of you, you get a little nervous and you're like, oh man, he's going to like have a stand up and hold hands and pray out loud together. And some of you hear the opposite. You're really excited. And you're like, I bet we're going to get to stand up and hold hands and pray out loud together. <laughs> right? Some of you feel that we respond different. Some of you, it's a little bit of interest, right? And there's this sense of wonder around prayer. And maybe we've gotten a little spiritually dry in that area and we're ready to kind of dive in. For some of us, you know, we start to get this interest and ask these questions. Does, does prayer make a difference really? Does prayer change me or does prayer change God? Is prayer more about listening or is prayer more about talking? Why does God answer some prayers and not others? Why is it that some people's life looks so good and they seem to, you know, not really even be trying and they're kind of jerks and here I am trying to do all the right things and pray and do this and it just doesn't seem to be clicking. For some of us, it's guilt. Because we have this sense of like, man, I know that I should probably be praying more, but I just don't seem to be able to make it a real priority in my life. Whatever your response, I just want to invite you into this place that we can get to where we can pray everywhere a lot. With no guilt, with no anxiety, with no stress, no fear, none of that, but that just we would take a step forward into more and more relationship with God and where he's calling us to be. And so one quick thing I wanted to spend a minute on this morning was just to acknowledge um, a pattern that I've noticed in my life that really keeps me from praying everywhere a lot. And what I notice is when my um, prayer patterns and my habits get into this place, um, I find myself having a very dry prayer life, a very short prayer life. And it's this, it's when my prayers become much more prayers of independence than prayers of dependence. And I think this is a big distinction, right? Because so often we shift to this place where we want to pray prayers of independence and we don't really even realize we're doing it, right? And you've heard me say before, lots of times we don't pray thy kingdom come, we pray my kingdom come, right? We just want what we want when we want it. And we sure would like if everybody would just bow down to us and get online with the plans that I have. And if that would happen and I could just have my little kingdom, everything would be so good. And so what I end up doing, right, is I pray for these things that just, and it's not bad to pray for the desires of our heart. Scripture tells us to do that. But when all of my prayer becomes about, God, if I could just get a new car, that, I just need a car, God, that'd be so great, right? God, if you could just give me a promotion so that I could get enough money, then I wouldn't need you anymore, God. Like, because if I just had this job, I'd have a lot of money. And then if I had a lot of money, you know, we, we, you could go back to other people and it'd be wonderful, right? And then that sounds so ridiculous, but really it's these, it's these prayers of independence, like if I got all these things, God, I would feel like I needed you less. And that becomes my prayers. And I, and I find myself like shifting in that. And it's this real self-centered kind of thing that's all about what I want, when I want, my kingdom and not thy kingdom. And when I go to that place and I'm driving and, I'm, and all of my prayer life is just, is God, if I could just have this card and impress that neighbor that I don't really like, that, that would be so, so good, wouldn't it? And then I just pray for this car and I pray for this car and I pray for this car. And God's like, well, okay. You know, like, and, then, and it just becomes this dry thing. But when my prayer becomes more about prayers of dependence and I begin to pray about that car in a different way and I say, God, you know, it's kind of weird. We have a lot of debt, so it'll probably make a lot of sense for me to grab, you know, another car payment. Maybe you could actually give me a little bit of self-control to clean up some of this other stuff before I stepped into that place. And I know you want us to live at peace with everyone. So that neighbor that I think is a jerk that I'm trying to impress with this car that I can't afford, maybe if you could just give me the right words to say to him. And if you could kind of help me restore that relationship, that sure would be wonderful, God, right? And one is a prayer of dependence, right? God, I need self-control. God, I need the words to create peace in this relationship. And one is a prayer of independence. That if I can just get my kingdom the way I want it, it'll be good. And one is about thy kingdom and pursuing the things that God calls us towards and to live in this kingdom of God and to be transformational people in this place. And so it's a big difference. And I find myself really when I, when I get into different seasons of prayer that um, that has a big piece of what it looks like 
in my life. And so the scripture this morning, it's really short, it's really simple. It says, pray without ceasing. It's um, 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 7 there, I think. And it says, as we talk about it, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so we look at that, right? It's pretty simple. Rejoice always, pray continually, or we could say pray everywhere a lot, right? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so over these next 40 days, we're going to put a strong emphasis on prayer. And today, in many ways, is as much of a sermon as it is an invitation to enter into that. And for some of you, that might mean you're going to start to pray intentionally for the first time in a long time. For some of you, that might mean putting prayer literally on your calendar. And you block out some time and you say, this is where I'm going to be with God. And some of you, you know, you have an alarm feature on your phone and it's really great. And you can set it for like four times a day. And you can just say, you know, the word prayer and just leave it on every day of the week and it'll ding. And it's just a little reminder to pray. For some of you, maybe that means waking up a few minutes earlier and setting aside some time before the day starts to get right with God. For some, that might mean going to one of the prayer nights that some we're going to be hosting over the next few weeks. For some of you, it might be like my buddy Walter, that you just need to create some space in your home and say, you know what, I, I just pray better when I have routine and I have a place. And so I'm going to just carve out a corner and I'm going to put the right things that I need there, some journals and some books. And I'm just going to create a place of prayer in my home. For some of you, it might mean telling God the truth for the first time in a long time. One of those prayers of lament that Brooke mentioned. And we need to get to a place where we can say, you know, I haven't prayed for a long time because I have all this going on. For some of you, it might mean trying to pray in some new ways, praying the scriptures and opening the book of the Psalms and reading through some of those and making those prayers our prayers. For some of you, it might be changing your posture as you pray and spending time literally on our knees seeking God's will. For some of us, it may be guided prayers. A prayer I love is the St. Ignatius Daily Examine, and you can Google that. And it's super helpful in my life. For some of you, you might do things that are just a little simple. Another prayer exercise that I do that's really helpful for me that I do oftentimes is I just sit and it works really good in the car and I'm in a stoplight or something like that or I'm in my chair and have a few, few minutes to kill is to just simply pray with my hands down and say, God, I pray that you just remove all of these things from my life. I pray, God, that you would just allow me to let go of my kingdom. I pray, God, that you'd allow me to let go of all this fear and all this anxiety and all this stress that I may be feeling. Now just turn my hands over and say, God, would you just fill me with your spirit? And God, would you just fill me with love and fill me with joy and fill me with peace and all the things that we need? And that can take you 10 seconds to just, God, let go of this. God, grab hold of this. For some of us, it might be a sense of praying some written prayers. For some of it, it might be writing our prayers and getting a journal for these 40 days to keep. For some of you, it might be um, having a checklist of things you're going to pray through every day. And for some of you, it might be a season where you enter into where you're going to sit and you're just going to be still and let God be God. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever the next step would be, I pray that you would take it and that you would enter into this season where we pray everywhere a lot. Jesus prayed in a lot of different ways. His ministry is filled with prayer. He prays in the wilderness after his baptism. He heals a man through prayer. He teaches his disciples to pray. He withdraws to lonely places when he gets overwhelmed by the crowds so that he can reconnect with God the Father through prayer. He prays at Gethsemane so that he might have strength to face the coming crucifixion. And even when he dies, he dies with the prayer on his lips, into your hands 
I commend my spirit. Jesus prayed a lot of ways and a lot of times and a lot of situations and a lot of circumstances. And so as we enter into these 40 days of prayer, and as I hope that you would pray everywhere a lot, I did want to give you just a couple quick tools this morning before we go that I think could be really helpful for all of us. And one is a simple little um, acronym that can guide some of your prayer time. And it's the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. And what it starts with is this sense of adoration. And when we get into this time with God, and I know for some of us, sometimes we get there and it's like, you sit down and we, what we do, if we just kind of react, and this, this is what happens to me, this is part confession here, we're going to get to confession, that's the C. But um, one of the confessions I have is what I told you just a few minutes ago, right, is this sense of prayers of independence versus prayers of dependence. And I find that if I don't have some sort of order or some sort of plan or some sort of intentionality in my prayer, what I do is I sit down and say, God, I sure would love this. And if I could get this, and it's just kind of like my birthday, right, is what it, what it becomes. And I say, God, if you could just get me this, that'd be so cool and that'd be wonderful. And then I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm done. And then that's just kind of where my selfish desires go if I don't have some set of intentionality. And I found this little acronym to be really helpful for me. Number one is adoration. And as we look at this sense of adoration, it's this place where we sit and we just center ourselves in the reality that God is God and we are not. And when I get into this place, it causes me to just sit in awe and wonder of who God is. And as I look at that, I'm one place that I find myself having these prayers of adoration as I can just think about the place that we live, right? And I can go and just walk down that beach and spend like an hour in prayers of adoration, and just awe of the way that God sets the world in motion and that those waves stop at the right place every time and the sun falls back over it just beautifully. And there's this sense that we sit in there and we see that and we're like, wow, God, like there, there, you are bigger than me. And the psalmist in Psalm 111, he says, I will extol the Lord with all of my heart in the counsel of the upright and the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. As we hear that, right, it's this centering of like, man, we are talking to the God of the universe. And when we can just pause and get ourselves in that place, it kind of moves me off the Christmas list kind of prayers that I default to. And it gets me into this place and this reminder of the reality of the God of the universe that wants to talk with me. And the second thing is confession. That we take a moment to admit our brokenness. It's helpful for me sometimes to just walk back through the day and to just think, you know, these are the places, God, where you are God and I am not. And whenever I want to make it about my kingdom, I'm quickly reminded that left to my own desires, that's what life looks like. And then this moment of just reorientation, right? This moment of recalibration. And we've talked about repentance before is that. This sense where we've gotten off the path and we just recalibrate back to that true north. So we, we acknowledge who God is in this adoration of how great and good God is. And we shift gears into this place of confession and remind ourselves of who we are in light of who God is. And then we move to this place of thanksgiving. And we move into this sense of thanksgiving where we just can pause and we can say, as the psalmist says in Psalm 107, it says, let us give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. See, for me, thanksgiving breeds responsibility. 
Um, for me, I, I talk a lot about the cycle of grace, right? When we dwell on the things that God has given us, what ends up happening is it causes us to live in response to the goodness of all that God has given us. And then we go forth, right? And we live out our faith because of what we've been given. And the more that we dwell on all that we've been given, the more it causes us to feel responsible and empowered to go out and to live the calling that God has placed on our lives. And so this sense of thanksgiving for me, it isn't just this idle thing, but this sense of thanksgiving is actually this thing that pushes us to go and to live and to bring forth the kingdom of God even more. And so when we do that, it plays itself out in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes I'll just make myself write out a list of a hundred things that I'm thankful for. Sometimes over dinner as a family, we'll sit and you know, we'll just say, what are you thanking God for today? And enter into this conversational prayer. Sometimes as a staff, we'll sit around the table and we'll say, what do we just want to thank God for in the light of our church today? And it becomes this time of prayer, right? And this sense of thanksgiving. So we, we adore God for who God is and the greatness and the goodness of God. And we remind ourselves that, it's, that it is thy kingdom, not my kingdom. And we enter into this place of confession and we admit our brokenness and we admit where we are weak and we beg that God would be strong in that place. We move into this place of thanksgiving of saying, God, we're so grateful for all that you've done. God, thank you for the breath that we are breathing. Thank you, God, for this place to be. Thank you that we were born where we were born. Thank you for our family. Thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And eventually there might be a little bit of time left at the end to get to the things that we feel like we need. And we get to that place of thanksgiving. And there's really these two senses. Um, Nikki mentioned this passage a little bit ago, but it's from Philippians. And he says, don't worry about everything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's good that we let our requests be made known to God. And so we enter into that, and I think there's two ways that we can look at that. We can make our requests known for ourselves, right? And we can pray for the things in our lives, the situations and circumstances that we need. And I'd encourage you to think about those as not as prayers of independence, but as prayers of dependence. And say, God, I really need peace in this situation. God, I really sure would love to have joy in this situation. God, I sure wish you could help me to be loving in this situation. And then we pray for others. We pray for our friends. We pray for relationships. We pray for people we know. We pray for people we don't know. We pray for situations and circumstances we don't know. Because we find that when we seek others in prayer, it really does begin to change us and transform us. And when we can watch the news and not just let it let us be angry, but we can see some of the situations all across our world and allow those things that breaks God's heart to break ours. And we can look at displaced people all over this world and you can look at the crisis in Sudan. You can look at the issues at the border. You can look at all these things around the world and allow ourselves to see those through the eyes of God. And then we lament and we rejoice but whatever we do and however we do it, that we move into this place where we pray everywhere a lot. And like I mentioned to you, um, when I'm intentional with my prayers, my prayer life is much richer. And so as a staff, um, we were talking about how we can begin these 40 days and what this may look like for us and some things that we could maybe do as a church together. And um, they came up with this really great idea that I think is going to be a really cool thing for us. Um, you may or may not know, but we have a prayer room upstairs and um, folks gather up there every Monday morning to pray. And as they're up there, um, they pray over all the prayer request cards that come in. And they pray for our church. And they pray for so many different people in so many different ways. But the room is full of these little quotes of prayer and all this other stuff. And what we wanted to do is we just want to invite you all into these 40 days of prayer, into this season, that we would begin to pray some big, bold prayers for maybe yourself, maybe for somebody in your family, maybe for our community, maybe for our church. 
But as we wrapped up this message this morning, as we begin these 40 days, we wanted to just invite you to be really proactive and intentional about seeking God in some big ways. And so um, in a minute, um, Ken is going to come and Audrey, they're going to lead us in a song. And just like we take communion, we always enter out of this side of the aisle and come forward to the altars and go back down this side of your aisle. Um, behind the altars on the back side there, it is just covered with these rocks. And we wanted you to come forward and to just grab one of these. And if you want to kneel and pray for a minute, that's fine. If you just want to grab one of the rocks and go back to your seat, that's fine. And that you would just hang on to this rock and that you would just allow it and attach one big prayer to it. And maybe that's somebody in your family. Maybe that's a situation or a circumstance you have. Whatever that may be, you, you probably already know it, right? Just that big pressing thing, that place where you just need God to show up. In a place where you are just utterly dependent on God because you are at the end of your rope with it. And that you'd grab this and that you'd put it somewhere that would just remind you to pray everywhere a lot. And um, one of the things that we see over and over in the Old Testament, and one story in particular is when Joshua crosses the river with these people. And he says, you know, that, that line that he says, for me and my house said, we're going to serve the Lord. And he makes that decision. What they would do a lot of times is they would put these piles of rocks up and they would create these monuments as a reminder of God's faithfulness to them. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to give you all these rocks we want you to attach your prayers to them. We want you to pray everywhere a lot about what it is that you're praying for and that you would hold to them and that you would know that up in our prayer room upstairs, this jar is going to be up there. And when God answers that prayer, that you would just come and take it up there and spend a few minutes and say thanks and drop it in there and just let us as a church build a monument to the answered prayers of God in our community. And that we can just go and we can see that and we can be reminded of the goodness of God and that as the years go by, we may do this year after year and change up the colors and be able to just see God's faithfulness to us in this place over and over and over again. And so as we close this morning, I hope that you would just put that on your heart. The one you'd enter into these 40 days with a desire to pray everywhere a lot. That you would name what those next steps look like for you. That maybe you'd be real proactive in prayer and that you would put together that ACTS acronym and you'd start to get serious about that. And whatever that looks like in your life, that you just take that next step. And then as we close this morning, you would come and you'd grab those things and you'd begin to pray clear, bold prayers. And then we would journey with God through these seasons. And if you want to share those with me in an email, gosh, I'd love to pray along with you for them. And then we'd be able to drop those up there and then we can walk into that place and be reminded of the faithfulness of God in this community and in this place together. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray for us and um, they're going to come up and play. And as they play, I'll invite you to come forward and um, grab those and so you can spend a moment in prayer if you'd like. So let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you that you answer prayers. We thank you that you invite us into your kingdom. And God, we don't want to be idle. We want to be people who live on purpose and on mission we want to be people who are pursuing more and more of you every step of the way. And so, God, as we come forward, as we grab these rocks this morning, um, it, we don't want it to be this genie gimmick thing, but we just want it to be this reminder of your faithfulness in our lives. And as we grab these, that they would remind us to pray everywhere a lot over these next 40 days. And God, as we attach prayers to these, that we just pray that your spirit would move and it would make us more and more dependent upon you for all that we do and all that we seek and all that we want to be. And so God, we love you. And we thank you that you commune with us, that you converse with us, that you invite us to draw closer and closer to you. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
You have been listening to sermon audio from Good News Church in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. We have Sunday services at 815, 930, and 11. If you are interested in finding more information on our church or ways to get further involved, visit goodnewschurch.life. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you soon. Thank you.